Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to a special diversity and inclusion episode for Pride Month. Pride Month celebrates and commemorates lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, LGBTQ+, Pride, which began after the Stonewall riots in the US. My name is Perlin Wong, and I'm Head of Investment Content and Campaigns, APAC at Julius Baer. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Dr. Rena Tan, who's the Chairman and Director of The Greenhouse in Singapore. Hi, Rena. Hi, Perlin. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so glad to be here. It's my pleasure. Raina, you are a public health researcher by training. You received your PhD at the NUS School of Public Health. You just completed a Fulbright visiting scholarship at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And you also serve as the chairperson at the Greenhouse Community Services Limited. Just now before the recording of this podcast, you mentioned that you identify with the gender pronouns of he, him and his. Why did you indicate this? And why do we see more people adding their pronouns to their signatures? I'm so glad that you asked this, Perlin. So you see some people, they might express themselves or present themselves as female, but they identify as male or non-binary in terms of their gender. Some people might be, their sex assigned as male at birth, but presently they identify in terms of their gender identity as female. So this idea of pronouns, for example, she, her, he, him, they, them, or sometimes, you know, like she, they, is a way to sort of articulate what your gender identity and the pronouns that you're comfortable with are. And the reason why we do this is because, at least to me, coming from the LGBTQ plus community, you can kind of understand that certain kinds of um, stigma and discrimination makes it difficult for us to articulate our needs. And especially if we have faced stigma around gender identity, you won't expect someone to say, hey, like, can you please address me as this? Because I feel super uncomfortable with doing that. I think that takes a lot uh, for someone to do. So when I use my gender pronouns, it's kind of a way of signaling to someone that I understand that it's a privilege that I have, that I don't have to tell someone what my gender pronouns are. So I'm creating a safe space for you. I see it. And that makes a lot of sense. We could always do a whole episode about gender. This is an easy step really for us to be more inclusive. Now back to the topic of Pride Month. At Julius Bear, we are supporting the LGBTQ plus community. We've been doing so for a long time and we are investing lots of effort to raise awareness and encourage inclusiveness. For Pride Month this year, we have several initiatives lined up. We have internal awareness sessions. We have a global feature with some colleagues from the community. We are flying rainbow flags from our various offices. Uh, We're also showing support on social media throughout the month. We're going to change the logo, our company logo to the colors of the rainbow. And we're also going to be at the official Zurich Pride Parade in Switzerland, which is where our headquarters are located. It's so awesome to hear all the initiatives that Julius Bear uh, has, right, for its employees and the wider community. So the the main question is, are you going to the parade to Berlin? I wish. I wish I could go. But there's a bit of a agenda conflict for me this year, but definitely next year, I think it's in my plans to go. I want to talk about an article that was published in the Straits Times last year. This was authored by you and former nominated member of parliament, Anthea Ong, who coincidentally um, was actually a guest speaker for our mental health awareness event recently. In this article, you both advocated more support for LGBTQ plus youth because you mentioned in the report that 
There are studies um, that this community is at a higher risk for poorer mental well-being and even suicide. Could you elaborate on this and also elaborate on the importance of having more reliable research data? This is a field you specialize in from what I understand. Research, I think, is so important and I'm biased because I'm a researcher. But, you know, I think one of the reasons why I decided to embark on research is because, you know, when I was doing my thesis back in my undergraduate years, I realized that there wasn't a lot of information out there on HIV stigma, which I was researching on. And for me, it struck me that if you didn't have information out there, this problem doesn't exist. And so research for me is a way of articulating issues and problems in society, especially in Singapore, right, where I think being able to say that we have some data on it is super important. So coming to the article, we pointed out that, okay, LGBTQ plus youth in the US are disproportionately impacted by mental health challenges. And you know what? What do we recommend in terms of this article? We wanted to show that we needed supportive environments in terms of family support and a sense of belonging in school so that LGBTQ plus youth uh, feel safe in schools. So I think to the end, having sexuality education that is comprehensive that covers LGBTQ plus related topics, especially around self-development and self-identity are important. I think also increasing the capacity and for mental health care professionals and personnel <laughs> across schools is also important. You know, so being able to have sensitivity training, competency training for schools would help a lot. Having diversity officers, even for example, you mentioned like Julius Bear has like a DNI global head. Having such figures are also important so that you can have like strategies to better support students, especially those who might be disproportionately impacted by mental health issues. Thanks, Rena. I think I would definitely agree with you. We need to provide support to the vulnerable members of our communities. And you have highlighted, in this case, youth from the LGBTQ plus community. And it's even better when such support is informed by data and research. At the Greenhouse, you offer, amongst other services, counseling sessions to marginalized communities. How is the Greenhouse different from other charitable organizations or therapy centers? And what are the achievements you are particularly proud of? I think what I'm particularly proud of is how the Greenhouse started and how it's going. So I think it started out of necessity. Like for me, back then, I think it was like 2013, I had my own issues with addiction and substance dependence. And I ended up going to rehab in Thailand. And coming back, I was also struck by the lack of safe and holistic services for people like myself who uh, might not feel as safe in a more generic recovery kind of setting. And so, you know, a few of us individuals who had similar issues like got together to start this program called Lifeline, which was sort of like an informal support group. And we actually saw it grow over the years with more and more people joining. And this was sort of like the precursor to the greenhouse, actually. And for us, because of the trauma-informed approaches, because of our understanding of stigma and discrimination, I think our services resonate the most with LGBTQ plus individuals. So I think that sets us apart from other charities. Thank you, Reina, for sharing your story, which is really inspirational. For our listeners who would like to support Greenhouse's cause, you can look for Greenhouse in giving.sg to make donations. Pride Month is an opportunity for celebration of the progress that has been made around the world. For example, in Singapore this year, the government repealed Section 377A, which was a Singaporean law introduced under British colonial rule that criminalised sex between consenting adult males. Pride Month is also a time for us to be aware of what we need to do more of for the community. At Julisberg, we have been a proud recipient of the Swiss LGBTI label 
And is it truly a reflection of the work that we have done to foster diversity and inclusion in our company and in our organization? We have also covered the topic of fully inclusive workplaces in previous podcasts, which allow our employees to bring their full selves to work. Now, on the topic of allyship, I want to spend a bit more time on this topic for Pride Month. In your opinion, Reina, what does allyship mean for you? To my understanding, allyship means support for the community by certain support systems like employers or your friends or your family. But maybe if you could shed some light to what you think it means for you, what sort of behavior would you encourage in others to show allyship? And what are some perhaps things to avoid doing when they're showing allyship? We often hear allyship in terms of, okay, we should wave like a rainbow flag or we should understand what stigma and discrimination is. Those things are really great. And I think they signal to people that you are a safe space. I want to also advocate for this idea of inclusive allyship. What I feel inclusive allyship is also as someone who is trained and advocates for trauma-informed care for the community, we can also apply that to people out there in terms of the general public. And we expect people who are allies to fulfill certain kinds of ideals and certain behaviors that make people feel safe. But understanding also that the journey for different people to get to that level of understanding, the level of safety might be different for different people because we are socialized through different families, through different religious institutions, through different kinds of cultures that might have different views on LGBTQ plus people. By being able to bridge these and allow people the safety of making that journey towards allyship, I believe is a deeper level of allyship that we can take. At Julius Bear, we respect and foster diversity and inclusion in our workforce. Research has shown that diverse teams drive better business performance. At the same time, by promoting more inclusive behaviours, we can ensure the psychological safety of our staff and enable employees to see things differently and widen their horizons. We recently appointed a global DNI manager, and this is a step for us to show further our commitment. With a global DNI strategy, we wish to create more awareness and support in achieving our company's goal to create a fully inclusive corporate culture. The focus areas for us in Julius Baer and our global DNI strategy currently are LGBTQ, disability, age, gender, and culture. For members of the LGBTQ community, Julius Baer offers staff benefits, for example, health insurance for partners of same sex couples. What else do you think, Reina, employers could do to offer support? And why is this so important? The first things that come to mind are specific recommendations that you talked about, like extending health benefits for partners or same-sex couples or dependents. I think that's like really awesome. But what strikes me even more is that Julius Bear has a global DNI strategy and is sensitized to issues such as LGBTQ+, issues, disability, and age. I think that's really important. And I think it's important because creating policies, I think, is not about singling out certain groups or singling out certain issues that need a reaction to. I think it deserves a strategy that looks at creating equitable policies. And I like this distinction between equality versus equity. Equality is kind of giving everyone the exact same thing, but equity is looking at where people start from and giving people things or services that allow to have the exact same outcomes. I agree with you completely. Leading by example as well from top management. It's also something that I've always felt is very important. So I've read that you have applied for the nominated Member of Parliament position in Singapore this year. 
Tell me how's that going? And if it happens, then what would be your agenda and vision here? I think the main thing is I applied as chairperson of the greenhouse. And at the very least, I hope to represent beneficiaries of the greenhouse in terms of policies. In terms of agenda and vision, perhaps in the future, you never know. One thing that I want to do in Parliament is to really talk about how policies can ensure equity for all, ensuring that they also serve the needs of groups that are typically disadvantaged in different ways, typically minority groups. You also mentioned just now that Section 377A was repealed. And I think now it's more important than ever to also make sure that these kinds of sensitive issues, as these kinds of things happen, they do not create divides and they do not further polarize people. Because one thing I truly believe in is that being in Singapore, everyone has a kind of like a desire to love and live. So healthy, open dialogue on these topics where there would be and have prevailing differences. I have a personal question for you. Last of all, what makes you who you are today, Rainer? What are the main reasons that made you decide to take on your role at the greenhouse and to serve the community? Well, I take a lot of my approach to life now from my personal recovery from addiction. And one thing that we learn a lot is to live life authentically. And living life authentically for me covers two things specifically. First of all is to recognize that although I'm limited, I have things that I bring to the table. And these things might be my research expertise or my ability to manage an organization in a particular way. And I think owning that and bringing that to the table helps me better serve my community. The second thing also is that why the greenhouse, the different groups that I'm with, is because I identify as part of that community as well. And I think having that lived experience also allows me to authentically give back to these communities that I serve. I don't want to claim expertise in things that I do not know of or experiences that I do not have. And so I think that's also an important part of why I serve the greenhouse. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Rena, for sharing your insights with us today. And dear listeners, this is all the time we have for today. We wish all of you a happy Pride Month. Goodbye for now and stay safe. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Bayer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbayer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.